I think a lot of people are starting to advocate for this cause, you know, the, the, the possibility of suing your parents for being incompetent, basically, in raising you. Hmm. I, mean, I mean, even if you have that sort of legal option, let's say, I mean, would the general populace do that? Hi, guys. Welcome back to So What? We smoke pot. Right. Uh, today, I will be your host. That's me. That's Dylan. And today, we have Kafeli and Kaifan. So that's Felicity. Hello. Yay. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we get to the juicy parts, um, let's have some appetizer, which would be, what have you guys been up to? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Not a lot, to be honest. Not a lot, except uh, from been... traveling to a new continent. For the first time, <laughs> not a lot. That's yes, a lot. Definitely. I have been. <laughs> well, you know what's a lot is not having stable internet connection. Right. That is a lot. Mm, I agree. Mm, okay. So I guess, yeah. For context, I have been in Africa for like two and a half weeks so far. I think. Um, I'm here for work purposes, not on a vacation. So don't attack me. I know that we're still in the middle of a paragraph. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm here for work. And like Ifan said, not having internet is definitely a lot to handle. Having regular power cuts as well. So it's been fun. <laughs> Have you been able to experience something new? That sounded really weird experience <laughs> <laughs> i was just about to ask well, you like, yeah, have you um, have you been able to eat care like the unique cuisines and everything because i feel like you go to a new place you want to try out the local food yeah i know that was also my expectation until of course i got here and i realized that everybody that i work with is white so i cannot be expecting to eat spicy and like exotic food um so what i've been eating is just a lot of western food and i actually don't know how um well the country is something that we haven't mentioned is tanzania i don't know how tanzanian food is actually would love to get my hands on it of course but i don't think i'm gonna get to anytime soon because it's just they don't sell that yeah they don't they don't really sell a lot of traditional food at um you know at all these like i mean the city that i'm currently in it's a very touristy city as well <laughs> so uh, i don't think i mean they are obviously trying to accommodate um, to the foreigners and that's why they just don't really have any tanzanian food on their menus usually right oh, i have expected you to have eaten two bugs by now but <laughs> that's too much to expect <laughs> Maybe, like, yeah i'll, I'll update you next style. week mm-hmm scorpions and just the worst stuff. i i mean honestly the best um you know tanzanian experience that i've had so far is going on safaris mm -hmm. that is definitely very very fun um honestly the whole country it, it feels like you're actually in the setting in the in the place where they um like shot lion king um yeah it's really pretty i mean the actual national park which became the inspiration for lion king is actually in kenya it's not in tanzania but they did take a lot of inspiration from tanzania national parks as well 
So it's been really, really amazing. And the sunsets are gorgeous. The weather is more or less similar to Indonesia. I wouldn't say there is any significant difference in terms of this, you know, like how much sun we're getting and, you know, how cold it is during the night. It is very cold because mm -hmm. we live in this like very mountainous area. Like, you know, our place is pretty much overlooking Mount Meru, okay. which is like a strato, strato volcano. I'm not sure what strato means, but it is a volcano. So it's, it's, yeah, that is, that is the highlight of my trip so far, but I'll keep you updated if anything else comes up within the coming weeks. <laughs> Wait, so um, how many time zones is it different from uh, Indonesia? I'm four hours behind you guys. Okay. So, so y'all are four hours ahead of me. So not a lot of trouble with uh, adjusting your sleep schedules. I've been sleeping like a baby since I got here, mostly because I am just so beat um, from, you know, from all the work that I need to do. Um, so yeah, no jet lag, surprisingly enough. And but then again, I'm not really, I'm not really one to get a lot of jet lag in general. Mm -hmm. So no problem in that department, fortunately. I mean, speaking of sleeping schedules, uh, <laughs> somebody here has been trying to fix theirs. I wonder who. Yeah, that would be who? me. <laughs> um, you guys might wonder why are they giving such a hard time about my sleeping schedule? Like, how, what can go wrong with the sleeping schedule? How, how wrong can it be? I mean, um, here's the thing. I've been trying to fix my sleeping schedule. Um, before trying to fix the sleeping schedule, I was sleeping at regularly around 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. and wake up around 3 p.m., 4 p.m., regularly, usually 5 p.m. So 3 p.m. is the earliest I've woken up, I think. Uh, and that's why, okay, I, I, why, I've, why, like, why would you do that to yourself? I don't know, really. Okay, I think it's just... What was I, the reason? There is no specific explanation, I feel like. It's just one of those, you know, you were just... Um, I mean, I still use Facebook. And here's the thing, okay, Facebook has this okay, feature, you have like videos after videos, and it's just endless, right? And before you know it, it's like two hours gone. So I think it's just one of those things. It's just something that just happens, I guess, over time. So, yeah. But now, now I'm fixing my sleeping schedule. So what, what, what I did was... Uh, I slowly shifted my sleeping hours. So from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Uh, and then 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. and then to 3 p.m. and to 5 p.m. and then 7 p.m. and now it's 9 p.m. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself actually. That is very impressive. I know, crazy. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. <laughs> but validated. Okay, I don't know if, I don't know if this is scientifically proven, but I think people, are usually people usually consider themselves either um, like nocturnals, as in like night night owls or early birds, right? Mm -hmm. And I've been, you know, I've been hearing all these stuff about how, well, if you're a night owl by nature, then no matter how hard you try to fix your sleeping schedule, even if you do succeed at some point. Um, it's still very, it's, it's still very easy for you to like sort of slide back into that unhealthy routine of like sleep, sleeping during the day and like, you know, being kept awake basically throughout the night. So is that what's going to happen here with you, Fun? I mean, no matter how hard you try, it's just That's really depressing. in the end. <laughs> I don't know though. I feel like, I feel like, I think it's just a force of habit. I no, I was just saying, I was just like stressing how no matter how hard you try, there is no escape. 
No, I no, think no. I think I think I think Ethan Sisyphus uh Boulder. Yeah. Is a sleeping schedule. We must imagine Sisyphus happy. <laughs> what was your what were you about to say? I think it's possible. I don't <laughs> think I don't think it's something uh, set in stone, right? I feel like you know, it's just it just takes some getting used to, I feel like. And I mean give it time and I think it should be okay. This is just something very useful. I've I've talked about this earlier today, um with, with Feli. And it's apparently that your air conditioner can function as a dehumidifier, which is super useful because my room is right now it's 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 naturally pretty humid. So with this dehumidifier, it really helps things a lot. So yeah. You know, it's, it's it's I mean I've always Ethan has been no. living under a rock. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't think I knew that. See, exactly. I, I, mean, I don't yeah. know if that's common knowledge. Yeah, if you have all of these modes in an air conditioning. Oh my gosh, you guys. And I mean, usually I only use one of those, right? It's the cool, the, the cooling mode. So what happens is you just set the temperature and whatnot. They apparently they have the dry mode, and the function is that it, it dehumidifies the the environment. And it's super useful because it's less, much cool. less human. Okay, yeah, but I do have a confession though. I mean, I also found out about that feature on my AC remote, like literally a few months ago when I moved into my new place. <laughs> I was just like messing around with the remote and then I saw this interesting looking button. I was like, huh, it says dry. I wonder what it does. <laughs> so I just pressed on it and my life has been changed ever since. Wow, my friend. It is, yeah, especially it is. if you live yeah, in a place like Indonesia. It's very humid. So, you know, in the last episode, we actually promised that the next episode was going to be about zodiacs, you know, signs and everything in between. So I think <laughs> we should explain to our audience that that's not happening anymore because there was some mishap with the recording that we had and we kind of had to throw away the entire thing. And um, so that episode is never going to air. We decided on a new topic though, which is what, Dylan? Children. <laughs> I think that was the best way to introduce that topic. <laughs> Children, yes. Do we want One to? of the world's wonders. <laughs> I mean, I have, I have a friend who is um very very she she has her mind made up on this um really firmly and she's um a big fan of uh thanos from 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 mcu uh -huh. avengers uh you know um the world's much better off with um much less human so she's decidedly against children and the idea of it and in fact she's sort of nearing the idea of maybe we should forcefully Eliminate some parts of the population. <laughs> I don't watch the Avengers. So I don't get the joke. It's just, it's a Thanos snap. Right. Yeah. The, so uh, there's like a dude who he's like, like the big kinda, purple dude. Yeah. The, the big purple dude. He has like these. I know who Thanos. 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 Whatever um, that dude's name is. Who cares? Yeah. It's, not, it's not important. We just like angered half of our audience. I know who he is. I know how it looks like. It's just that I'm not. Perfectly. I don't bad. know his backstory. Uh, basically, his planet died because of a lack of resources or something. Yeah, too much, too too much population. Right, essentially. So he gathered these stones called the Infinity Stones, and uh, basically gives him a lot of power. And he mm -hmm. decides he wants to get rid of half of the population of the universe. Yeah. So that it's still sustainable. 
Yeah. But yeah. It, it never occurred to him to double the resources of the universe. So, like, I, mean, I would <laughs> go to the morality. Of it. I mean, I, I don't know. It's not even morality, it's just I mean, basic logic. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that is true. We're making assumptions that that's possible to begin with. Maybe we're making the assumption that Thanos, Thanos never really made that consideration in the first place. These are magic stones. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, so, so he could have, if he wanted to, doubled the Earth's resources, is it like, the, like using the stone itself? I think he could. Like, if you could get rid of half of the universe's population, you could probably just double the resources. But, but it doesn't help the situation, I feel like. Like, his idea has some merit in that if you increase the number of resources, you have to keep doing that every once in a while, right? Okay. And it doesn't, it's, it's unsustainable. That means that someone must be in charge of the infinity stones every like 10 years or 50 years or 100 years, maybe. And hmm. that becomes a habit of the universe. But then there's a the question, of course, okay, who gets to wield the infinity stones, whatever, whatever. I mean, you don't want to get into those complexities, which you want to do, maybe. So how did he, how did he actually wipe out like half of the population? Did he just kill them all or? Yeah, literally with a snap. Like what happened? The idea is, so the mm -hmm. idea is to reduce the population of the, of the universe, oh, at, at least starting from Earth by half like exactly. so everybody so everybody got killed off yes just disappeared well like, vanished well maybe maybe the stone just gives him the power to actually kill off things all at once rather than to you know invent or like to basically like create things out of thin air this is veering dangerously into science and I don't know if any of us knows enough about science to make definitive this conclusions. Is not, this, is not, this is beyond science. This is comic book science. <laughs> yeah, this is just, it's completely irrational and illogical, like children. Wow. Or, or, or my theory is that, I mean, I haven't seen the movie myself, but um, you know how, I mean, human beings have always been more closely associated with uh, the tendency to basically kill off things and like ruin things for ourselves rather than create new ones. So maybe Thanos is just an embodiment of that um, human nature. Could be. Even though he's probably, he's not human. What is he? Like he's a part human, part alien. What? Alien. He's, 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 he's an alien, extraterrestrial from another world. Yeah, maybe his whole story just revolves around how, you know, like human beings, like we, we do have the, the tendency to just eradicate things instead of creating new ones. So doesn't apply to children, though. We don't really, I feel like it's the wrong thing in society in general to eradicate. Okay, children. yeah, fair. <laughs> that, is, that is a fair point. <laughs> Which is what we're going to talk about <laughs> as well. So our question on today's episode what is, is... What is Thanos? Is, <laughs> is it Thanos? Or Thanos? <laughs> I, I, I pronounce it Thanos. Th Thanos? Let's let's Thanos. leave Thanos out of this. Bye-bye, <laughs> Thanos. Hello, children. Is the, just the thing is that Thanos... Thanos rhymes with something that I'd rather not say in the podcast. Thanos rhymes with, with you know, it is kind of it sounds similar. Not body, way too similar. Body. It's not part of our body. It's it's something else. It's it's something else. But they don't rhyme. <laughs> but you know what? If it did rhyme, that would be a thing that would be useful in making children. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's what it is. That's how it's like. It doesn't rhyme how, in my head. How, how would you? be? What did you? What did you think it was? Obviously, the 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 the, the? genital. The, okay. That's why it's like it doesn't rhyme. 
but then it's the other thing which is definitely not a genital yeah it definitely definitely does not play a part in childbearing or baby making making or at least it shouldn't or i don't know you know whatever people it, do in the bedroom yeah it, that's for you i mean yeah i mean it can be part of the process i mean I don't, I don't know, like, <laughs> but but okay the multi-million dollar question the multi-million dollar it's only a million dollar question there's no multi in it anyway the million dollar question is to have kids or not to have kids um and i know for sure that i don't want kids i don't really picture myself ever having kids in the future but ifan on the other hand i think he's expressed his intention to me in the past that he does you know want kids with whomever he's gonna end up settling with um in the longer run how about how about dylan i mean dylan's pretty much the youngest out of us all which kind of makes this question like less urgent for him to answer but what do you want how i mean you want you know <laughs> what, what do you want dylan <laughs> what do you want for yourself <laughs> this is kind of stressful to just like have to deal with this now with but, kids now yeah to just have to deal with the idea of kids now um remember think about your future <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, kids would be fun actually for guys it's it's really easy to uh choose because like they can have however long they want and then they can still have kids whereas with women they have like a certain like fertility period and then afterwards no kids unless they adopt so um mm-hmm. i think a good way to sort of deal with your lady friends thanos issue would be to adopt like i feel like that would be a good like you know way to deal with this middle situation. ground but i mean there there are a lot of issues with those kids right it's not only about the childbearing part i mean you have the issue of um raising a mm-hmm. child i mean that's 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 no easy feat i mean childbearing yeah. can be difficult you know like a very intense six seven hours or something or so mm-hmm. uh child rearing rearing right i think child yeah. rearing, child child raising is like what like 18 years 17 years i mean it's arguably it's 20 more years painful. for me yeah exactly exactly <laughs> i mean yeah. it's 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 not as painful like per day i think but yeah you extend it for 18 years then you know accumulation and everything can get to you i mean even to the um most adult of adults and I then mean, and then they become a nazi mm-hmm. yeah and yeah like for everything you could do, <laughs> they just become a dick that's like my biggest fear ever is raising somebody who ends up being an asshole yeah um i don't think that and i think that is one of the strongest arguments against having children is it's just so much it's too much of a gamble mm-hmm. you just it's like <laughs> you know those little things that you that you get when you open a kinder joy egg <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. you, you just don't know you you never know what you're going to get um i feel like the experience of having children is eerily similar to opening a kinder joy egg um it's just full of surprises and most of them are usually shit these surprises so <laughs> i mean <mistaken. laughs> you know i statistically speaking yeah, yeah. Are Kinder Joy eggs legal in Indonesia? Yeah, I think they, they are. are. I think they are. I remember they were illegal in one country. Sorry, this is just like in a weird tangent. But I remember like in the US it's banned. 
So I don't know. I've never had uh, Kinder, Kinder Joy eggs, so can't relate. <laughs> so by extension, saying this sort of child gambling is illegal. Illegal in the, in the United States, maybe. Child gambling. Oh, yeah, it is child gambling. I guess you can say, yeah, you can put it that way. Wow. Yeah. It makes a whole lot of difference. <laughs> you know, put it like, in such simple terms. <laughs> child gambling. I actually like that. That, that. that should be what people refer to it now. But, I mean, fun, knowing all of these considerations, like having all of these in mind, the fact that, you know, have, you know, being pregnant is already a difficult thing to do and, and you know, uh, labor is, you know, labor hurts like a motherfucker and like you have to basically enter into an 18 year, at the very least, an 18 year contract to actually raise that baby. Why do you still want to have a kid? <laughs> I, I think that's the thing though, okay? Why, I mean, you can ask the same, you know, by, 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 by extension, you can ask the same question to like a, um, someone who went to Vegas. I mean, I wouldn't go to Vegas. Like, I wouldn't have any reason to go to Vegas. I mean, it's just a city with full of, chock full with casinos and this and that, which is not my thing, right? I mean, sure, I mean, I can, I can win stuff, but is it, is it my thing? No, not really. I mean, the wins are not really worth the risk. But then, yeah, that's, that's the same exact thing, right? You have to ask first okay, the question, what do you think? Do you think that, you know, the, the stuff that you can win is worth it? Right? I mean, for some people, it's not. For me, I think, I think, I think it is sort of worth it because, um, I mean, it has something to do with, um, I mean, you know, personal okay, life principles, I think. Um, for example, like um, a possible one would be, you know, uh, wouldn't it be such an empty life um, for you to just uh, live for yourself? And then at the end of it, um, you know that, sure, you've given something to the world, yes, but um, that's just society and the world in general. You know? It's not really exactly a personal contribution. I mean, a kid you can see, like a child or uh, some children, you can see them sort of as a um, your continuation in that sense, right? Um, so I think it's that that that, for example, might be an attractive get reason as to why having children would be attractive. Mm. I mean, you would be sort of involved. yeah, but but that's the thing though. I mean, <laughs> okay, my views on this, by the way, just as a um, as a disclaimer, my views on it on this particular topic are quite militant in the sense that i have <laughs> very strong opinions on uh, against having children um and a lot of it has to do with how based on my own personal observation people usually want children for very selfish reasons mm -hmm oh, you know, if I have a baby, then I'm going to have a mini-me. And if I have a baby, then I'm going to have somebody to play, you know, to, to play around with at home. I'm going to have somebody that can, you know, keep me company and I won't feel as lonely anymore because, you know, adulthood is a scary thing and you do get lonely and lonelier as you grow older. And so having babies, you know, kind of, uh, it, it becomes like the cushion, I guess, that protects you from, you know, the, the fall into like, uh, adult loneliness these are some of the more normal reasons to have babies others would argue that you have to have kids because you know they're there to live your visions for yourself like 
for instance, if you, um, if you've been dreaming about becoming, I don't know, like a pilot, for instance, and you never get to, yeah, and you never actually get to um, get there, um, then you can have a baby and just, you know, drill him or her to become a pilot instead. And so you see yourself, you see your babies, your children as an extension of you are, uh, of yourself as a person. And there's just something pretty twisted about that, because then if you, if you think about it that way, your children are not their own, like they're not their own people. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I really, I really understand that point of view. You see, I, I agree completely. I mean, first, I think it's, it's, um, it's rather, okay, I think, I mean, really, yeah, if you think about it, people, people do stuff usually because they either they need it or they want it, right? And I mm -hmm. think, I think, okay, yeah. It's it's fine really for 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 a person to want to have kids because I mean I don't think at I mean, I don't think it's really reasonable for anyone to say at this point of time to say that they need to have kids I don't really see that okay I agree okay there is really no real necessity to have children I agree completely on that because mm -hmm. back then I mean having children is usually for the good of society you want your society to grow bigger for the purpose of yeah, survival of for for your the survival of your community, right? And how back then was this? Is this I mean, yeah, back then, family. like as in uh, be fruitful and multiply right, back sure. then? Okay, okay. Right. Right. <laughs> I thought you meant like the 1900s. I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but continue. I mean, the 1900s as well, because you know you have to have child labor, so yeah, you need and the resources. People to <laughs> fight in war. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Okay. You know who's going to do the Normandy thing, right? Exactly. And it's on the kid. So. Yeah, okay, okay, don't push it. Don't push it. Right, sure. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, I stand, I, I still stand with the point that there is really no real necessity to have kids. But um, so then um, you have to accept when you talk about having kids, it's all about wanting to have kids, right? Um, you can't claim to have the need to have kids. No, you can't. So now the question is just a matter of for what reason do you want to have kids, right? I think. Um, it's important when you want to have kids, the reason must be fair. It must be a fair, fair, fair desire, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. What would be an unfair desire would be, for example, because you want to be an astronaut, but, um, you know, realistically speaking, you can't given your circumstances. So you want to have like someone else uh, that you've given birth to as and make mold them right in your image. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that would be unfair. I completely agree with you. Tapi, I think that's not necessarily it I'm, I'm talking about on a grander scale it's just it's just about the idea that um you can contribute to a person's life right from the very start from the very beginning and um help them along their you know early journey and <clears throat> at the same time you know um you know full well that you have full responsibility and um you know control over this person like for example for example um i'm 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 saying this because i want to distinguish this from for example helping a random person um, on the street a random person who's under unfortunate circumstances let's say a beggar right it will be a different thing to help a beggar and to help um your child for example those are two different things because once you've given something to that beggar for example you can't really do anything about it anymore right because you don't have mm -hmm. any say or you don't have any fair say 
you, you can't order around like an adult to do something right okay just for example okay, i gave you money now i want you to go to school you can't say you can't say that maybe the beggar wants to buy a house maybe the beggar wants to buy some food maybe something i don't know maybe start a business i don't know but that's no longer your concern and you have no right to say and to have a say in any of those but you have a kid you have a say on those right and in that sense you can give in a different way that's one and two i think again um this is all about giving that gives you a some some sense of self-fulfillment right and i agree self-fulfillment is a very subjective thing but from where i'm coming from how is it self-fulfilling if it's really for selfish reason because if you want to do it for selfish reason might as well not give anything in the first place wait but i have to everything is done out of a selfish reason to a certain degree yeah to a certain degree Tapi, you have to accept that there are certain selfish um actions that are different from certain other selfish actions because of the results um not necessarily i'm not sure yeah i, I mean that would be digressing far too much i feel like mm -hmm. trying to identify that one thing Tapi, certain selfish actions do lead to self-fulfillment right mm -hmm. let's say let's say let's say um let's say um you 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 kick someone just because you feel like it mm -hmm. right and you you go to um you go to a theme park because you know you feel nice as god once you go there i mean those are really two different things right yes or, or not the theme park let's say go to an orphanage and help people over there mm -hmm. like kicking someone would i would say at least from my point of view would give you a fake self-fulfillment right it just gives you a um, fake some sort of gratification going to an orphanage on the other hand naturally gives you a more natural self-fulfillment because again giving there's just something different about giving I'm, I'd have to disagree with this because it's dangerously starting to sound like your sense of fulfillment is dependent on whether or not you can make someone else feel fulfilled. And mm -hmm. I'm, I feel like it should be, you should feel fulfilled first. And then that naturally wants to make yes. things for others. That is exactly, you know, that's exactly why we have a lot of failed parents out there is because they believe that they can only achieve self-fulfillment through having children and that's why that that's why they start projecting their visions their unfulfilled dreams their unaccomplished visions for themselves through onto their children you know and that is wrong mm -hmm. um and so i i mean i understand that what you're saying is that you know um even in the act of giving itself there's like there's always going to be an inherent element of selfishness in that but you know again like well i think what should be underscored here is that i don't think you know i don't think having children is the means that you use in order to achieve self-fulfillment i think it is something that you decide after you have already been fulfilled with who you are I think that's the thing though yeah i i can't make the argument though that um um historically speaking mm -hmm. um the ideally self-fulfilled individual mm -hmm. those are the ones that ended up becoming celibate usually prophets <laughs> monks <laughs> that's true. i mean um uh, for example i mean i come i, I come from a buddhist uh, background right um and in buddhism at least in theravada buddhism the highest um achievement that you can get religiously speaking spiritually speaking is that you become the buddha you become a buddha you become a self-enlightened um person 
But then what that means is you don't have any worldly desires and attachments anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, at that point, why would you have kids? It doesn't make sense. But the thing is that, okay, okay, but, but you're, I feel like you're not factoring in something here. And is, this is a very important thing. I mean, you have to also factor in the fact that having children comes with, like, you know, comes with a lot of ramifications as well. Like, it's not just about you providing to someone. It's also about you bringing a human being into the world, you know? Mm. And it's also about the collective responsibility. Well, no, the collective desire of having children, because it's not you who's, you know, th this is not just, you know, an Ifan talking about, okay, I want to have kids. This is about other Ifans out there that are probably also thinking, you know, the same thing. And that's why, that's why we have over, oh, the problem of overpopulation now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, putting things in per perspective, I think, you know, it just, um, it, it drives me to the conclusion that, well, um, no matter how, let, like, let's assume that I do get that self-fulfillment from actually, you know, having a kid. But does that self-fulfillment outweigh the importance of sort of, you know, maintaining that balance, um, you know, that um, in the world that everybody needs? Like, how do I, um, how, how does my decision fit into um under scale of things yeah 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 in the in the in the bigger in the bigger picture how do i actually solve anything by having a kid well i think i think um i don't think you can even connect these two two issues like the idea or the question of whether you should have kids or not and the grander problems of society in general you can't connect them both because whatever decision you make uh, on whether you want to have kids or not you have kids you don't have kids it doesn't really do anything to society right you can't expect um to do what you think is right in your head and then expect others to see it the same way i mean it's 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 a beautiful idea leading by example but um really when it comes to societal issues and societal policies it's a decision made together with other members of society and you have to do that through deliberation i mean you can't just expect others to naturally see what you're doing is right and that's why they should follow you um that's for example the same reason why the same argument i would make for not turning vegan for example it doesn't really do anything i mean unless of course um the uh right member society come together and they can talk about it but then you can make the argument that you know um the more vegan persons there are for example the more relevant this issue will become and the more chance it will have in becoming a, a main topic of discussion in the relevant society. I mean, you can say that. So I think I think it to see. I think it's just uh, whether you have kids or you don't have kids. It doesn't really matter until you discuss these things with other people. But then the decision itself doesn't really make a difference. I feel like just one. Mm -hmm. that's, that's Dylan is conspicuously silent. <laughs> I have a very cynical view on this, by the way. And I um, also, okay, just to touch on like the previous um, topic, I just want to say that uh, I am of the view that I, I, I mean, again, I think you don't need to be 100% self-fulfilled before having children. Mm. It's completely natural. And I think it's to be expected for individuals, adults, to have kids when they're not even fully realized yet, mm -hmm. I feel like. I mean, it's 
otherwise it's an unfair expectation and um yeah i think um it's just okay. that's 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 the challenge right uh, a good parent would be an individual that has already figured out how to deal with their own problems and not let it any but you can't have perfect parents there are no such thing as perfect parents i feel like all human beings in the end are flawed so you can't you can't really say that hmm. um but okay and that is another now that you mention it that is also uh, an aspect to take into consideration is sometimes the problem is not necessarily the children themselves the problem is actually the parents and the readiness of people of individuals to become parents good parents for that matter yeah. and uh one of my reasons of not having a kid is actually because of my own deep-seated fear that I will never make a good enough parent mm. for them. For sure. I mean, I was just thinking, Inesi, uh, Fel, I just, I, I was just uh, thinking about that movie that you've recommended to me, I think a year ago or something, Capernaum. That's a very good yeah. movie that really, really exposes. So the idea that what happened during that mm -hmm. movie is uh, this kid, he was uh, trying to sue his parents for the crime of giving birth to him because his parents just ditched him from the start and he has to fight for himself on the streets by himself ever since like he's like one year old okay it's a fucking amazing movie it, it is yeah um yeah plot wise it's great cinematography music mm -hmm. everything's good about the movie the theme is also very good too mm -hmm. yeah so, mm -hmm. so i think yeah anyone, anyone you know listening to this conversation and really thinking about the same issue the, you guys should give Cafarnaum a, a chance and you know what? There's actually already a real life case um, on this as well. So this this guy, he's from India, and he did the same with his parents. Only difference is, I think both his parents are lawyers, so they kind of won against him in the <laughs> end. Um, and I think he did it just for shits and giggles. I'm not sure exactly. I think he did it because he just wanted to see whether that kind of argument would work in an actual court of law. Hmm. which is genius in my opinion um and his parents took it with the grain of salt because obviously they were lawyers and they knew like the motive of him doing this right but it's still something that's like i think a lot of people are starting to advocate for this cause you know the the, the possibility of suing your parents for being incompetent basically in raising you hmm. i mean i mean even if you have that sort of legal option let's say I mean, would the general populace do that? Like, I feel like it's, I mean, probably, prob my theory, what I think what would happen, not much, not many people would use it. Some individuals, um, when under some exceptional circumstances, sure. And you will help these individuals. That'd be, what would be a bigger impact? It would send a message that, you know, um, you know, it's really okay for you to, sort of take cat quote unquote revenge on your parents right in that sense and i think it might not be okay i think it's largely a cultural issue at that point like it's no longer about a morality sort of thing especially it's going to be very problematic in asian cultures like For ours sure. right the idea the idea that the government allows their children to sue their parents mm -hmm. would i think suffice to say would be enough to incite certain rights in certain regions sure. <laughs> oh yeah absolutely <laughs> i mean it would it would cause an outrage for sure 
Um, but then again, if you're trying to bring about like a major change, then it's impossible for you to do it without upsetting a you know a person or two. For certain, yeah. yeah. But what yeah. would be the purpose of suing your parents? Yeah, exactly. Right? It doesn't serve. Okay, so so there are actually it's symbolic. I mean, there's there's two there's two branches to the issue actually. The first one, you have what you call the anti-natalists, right? Which are essentially people who are against the idea of uh reproduction. Um and then um on the other hand, you have people who are only trying to fight for the um, uh, an individual's right to sue their parents or parent uh, for um, negligence or incompetence. Now, I think for the second, uh, you know, uh, the, the second issue actually would act, you know, it, it's it still um, has some probability of actually um, working, like if you're, um, you know, if you're thinking of doing that, if you're thinking of going to court and saying, hey, I'm suing my parents because, you know, they didn't raise me right, then yeah, there is a good chance that that's gonna, you know, that you're, you can actually make a case out of that. Mm -hmm. But the first one, however, an antinatalist, the idea is that you're suing your parents for giving birth to you. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I see, I see. You mm -hmm. get it? Mm -hmm. So, so it's kind of different. And actually, mm. if I may, um, I actually read a very interesting like New Yorker article on this a very long time ago. I think it was like a couple of years ago. It's called, the title of that article is The Case for Not Being Born. And um, it talks about this anti-natalist uh, philosopher. His name is David Benatar. Benator? I don't know. D David Benatar, B-E-N-A-T-A-R. Yeah. And he is a famous uh, antinatalist like advocate, basically. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in it, maybe you can check out that, um, his book or the, uh, the New Yorker article. I think it's still up on the internet. You just have to look up Case for Not Being Born. But anyway, yeah. So I think, yes, it should, like suing your parents for incompetence should be a thing. Like, come on, you know, uh, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of, I mean, you're going to be, you're going to deal with a lot of backlash, of course, if you do that, especially if you live in a society that's like as conservative as our own. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, the first one being like a full, full-blown antinatalist saying, I hate my parents, I want to sue them, I'm, I'm demanding compensation because they gave birth to me and I don't have a good life, is a little bit far-fetched, you know? Mm -hmm. mm, yeah. I'm I'm veering towards your you know what get the, the suing parents for um, incompetent um, child raising I I would go with that sure of course yeah it has to be gradual in my opinion if if that's going to happen and we have to bring attention to the issues first to the public you can't just suddenly say hey guys this is an issue take it you know you have to take it otherwise you're you're stupid and you know you're just backwards I mean you have to do it gradually I feel like yeah. Give them case studies you know like see see, see the story for example mm -hmm. in this village where you have like uh, uh you know two adults you know um married couple with 10 children right and they're very abusive and everything mm -hmm. right and this happens like essentially everywhere for example like that would give more cause to people to, to go with it i guess like that. but i digress I, mm -hmm. essentially i agree with that 
that anti-natalist thing is very interesting as well. But I think that option is only possible if, in the first place, you have the your your society is already okay with the idea of abortion. Your what? The idea of abortion, because then the idea is that mm -hmm. you know um, the liability lies in you making the choice to not abort, right? Yeah. But then you have to allow abortion in the first place. Yeah. Otherwise, the idea of the penetrative. You sex cannot be pro-life and <laughs> an anti-natalist at the same time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. no. Uh, you can, yeah, you can pro-life and anti-natalist at the same time. I think. Um, pro-life, of course. I'm talking about pro-life in the sense of you know, like Republican pro-life, like abortion is yeah. wrong no matter the reason, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, it, it is sort of inherent in the terms of anti-natalists, anti-birth stuff. Yeah, pro pro birth stuff, anti birth stuff. You know, honestly, the only strong argument that I can think of for having a kid is as much as you can give born to a future Hitler, you can also give born to a future scientist who can discover like the cure for cancer. As well, yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it. But but again, I'm countering. I'm, I'm I have a counterpoint to myself, um, and that is if that's the argument then why is adoption not a better alternative? Because uh, the thing. you're... you're mm -hmm. I, I was just thinking about that too, but there shouldn't be any difference then, Cam, because the issue would be the same still. I mean, if you talk about the giving birth to a child, there will be a different issue. You have, you have two different issues, right? Giving birth to a child and raising a child. The raising a child is an issue shared by both adopted children and naturally born children, mm -hmm. right? naturally birth of children they'll be they will share the same issue in that in that one that be the the issue with giving birth to new children would be you know adding to the number of population which is already unsustainable as it is right so you have to come off come come from that thanos mindset to begin with i think and that's something i think we agree that it's not as big of an issue really compared to the child rearing issue or at least we have been focusing on the child rearing issue. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> adopting a kid. You can adopt a kid and still be abusive to the adopted kid. It should be even worse. <laughs> yeah. If you if you have your own kid and then you abuse them, then you've done two mis two mistakes basically. Not only have you made a person's life miserable, you've also created that person whose life has become miserable because of what because of your doing. You know, so yeah. that life wouldn't have existed without you actually, you know, um, um, you actually bringing it, bringing it about. Um, but if you adopt and then you end up becoming abusive, then the only crime that you would commit is being abusive mm -hmm. and not creating the life that you end up wasting. Ultimately, I don't see the issues as being separable, though. Because that means you're saying that creating life by itself could be a bad thing. Mm -hmm. like, I, I think it kind of is. <laughs> it, it it isn't because no one's born a Hitler. Yeah, that's true. Though. Hitler could have become an artist, and I think Stalin was going to become a priest. But then things happen that make them become the way that they are. Mm. So okay, now this is getting philosophical. Unless you go because some people actually say because some people actually say that Hitler was not made he was born right and that's that's where you that's why I said unless you go existential because then you know you want to talk about existential stuff like the presumptions we make 
to a person's life like are there inherent the question would be are there any inherent vices or virtues upon your birth right mm -hmm. what reason yeah and this is already borderline you know you you go into the you know nature of whatever whatever I don't know. No, i'm not i'm not uh literate enough to talk about those things right. there's like there's a famous anecdote of like two twins who have a father who's alcoholic and one of them grows up to be an alcoholic and the other one grows up abstinent yeah and then they interviewed these two kids and they asked well why are you an alcoholic why are you not and both of them gave the same answer and it was because they both saw their father drink mm. so it could be that you know maybe there are inherent vices and virtues mm. i don't know i just always feel like it's about the raising it's obviously people have different you know you need to treat people differently because there are some people who are brighter in, in mm. you know, some aspects some people who are brighter in other aspects could mm. be emotional could be uh, even physical mm. but it's just about being patient like no one's born evil they're just born with a different you know set of things mm. and attributes and you just have to you know adjust to them because they're the new ones here you know they're, mm. they're the ones who've never seen this world before never had to react to it so i agree people are different but not evil definitely not evil another argument i can make actually is uh if giving birth to a, an individual uh you would say um, um can be a crime if that's the case then i would say giving birth to anyone is a crime because um you, you can come up from the point of view that 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 already views life as something bad life is is, is it's, it's suffering it's, it's you know by giving birth to someone you are essentially setting them up for 80 90 years of challenges in life some of them may be lighter than the others that be in general it's it's still you know us yeah sufferable existence you know uh yeah so, yeah That's, I, mean, I think i think then it's when i say that when i say that giving birth to to a person could be a crime in and of itself that's what i'm talking about yeah but i think i'm i'm uh, mm -hmm. can't make a distinction you can't say that there are births that can be exceptions from this rule right let's say in legal terms like once you've made this a crime once you've said that it's prohibited to um expose an individual to suffering by giving birth to them that applies to everyone regardless of whether they're inherently virtuous or you know uh full of vice what do you mean to everyone like everyone who's already i mean married? you can give to birth to jesus i mean jesus would still be suffering as well yeah in that sense giving birth to jesus would still be a crime mm -hmm. right yeah it would be giving birth to jesus and adolf hitler both of them are equal crimes no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very silly discussion the the whether or not i know that people will take it seriously but they're only taking it seriously because their life was miserable and uh yeah that's an ex post facto analysis <laughs> ex post <laughs> oh gosh well i guess the final argument i have against having children would be that children are annoying as fuck yeah that's true though but to be fair children uh have never seen the world before and everything is brand new to them Mm. So if you put yourself in those shoes, and then for some reason, your curiosity, you are just like the, the feelingness of being new, the feelingness, the feeling of being new, and then you're just treated like shit because you don't know what's going on. Like, 
I can accept the children are annoying. I can accept them. Okay, but you don't get to say that to some hormonal, um, like, I don't know, 14-year-old who's crying on the phone over some douche who dumped her at prom or whatever, mm. right? It, when I say that children are annoying, I'm not just talking about the, like, toddlers, like the three, four-year-olds that, you know, go around sobbing crying because they hurt their knee or whatever i'm also talking about the teenagers (laughs) i mean really i i don't think anyone can make an argument against that i think (laughs) that's that's something taken for granted i feel like no but it's they're annoying because their parents didn't raise them right and raise them right doesn't mean raise them in a strict rigid way so do you think it's possible for any child or teenage individual to not be annoying i think so yeah I think it's it's possible. It's just not probable. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I presume that everyone has to be annoying in some way or one way or another. At least that's the fair, yeah. individual. Like I don't know. Like it has to be, right? Right. Even not being annoying is sort of annoying. Exactly. It has <laughs> yeah. to be. Like, yeah. But then that's that's, that's <laughs> a subjective determination. Exactly. That's 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 exactly the reason why. But you, you can have like an objectively non-annoying but, or annoying person. But then, you know, the, the, the most fair way would be, is there a teenager who's just not a dick? Because I mean, we, yeah, teenagers in general are dicks. Uh, yeah, I mean, but you, you can be annoying for a bunch of reasons. You can be annoying because you, you're you just a dick. But you can be annoying because you're just really boring as hell as well. Yeah, but in that case, they really wouldn't say anything. be... Like, I, I, I feel like uh, her definition of annoying is... People who are a dick or just inconsiderate of other people, right? Would that be annoying? Because yes. boring is mm-hmm. a- boring can be annoying. Mundane, inane, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. People, but, but people talk about the same problem over again. Could be social anxiety. I mean, you wouldn't say that someone who has social anxiety is annoying. Hey, you can you can say someone who has a social anxiety issue annoying. You can. It's totally fair. But the question is, of course, what do you want to do about it, right? That would be that would be a dick move, and thus you do fulfill my definition of an annoying kid. No, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can, That's you, it for today's episode. <laughs> say like someone is someone is wrong from being annoyed, right? I mean, it cannot be a wrong thing to feel annoyed, right? I, the wrong yeah. thing is when you do something wrong about it, when you punch someone because you're annoyed by this person, right? If you just laugh it off, if you just you, you can even tell this person, "Okay, I can help you with this." then it's not a wrong thing. Really, there's nothing wrong with feeling something. You can't say there's something wrong with just feeling something. I actually have mm-hmm. to... Yes, yeah. So I can be annoyed by like this r- r- exceptionally boring person, right? Who talks about the one thing and one thing only mm-hmm. all the time in the most complicated way. I can't be annoyed with that. <laughs> <laughs> this seems like an extremely detailed description of someone. But yeah, let's not go there. Yeah, yeah it's very specific. <laughs> yeah. Hey, potheads. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Next week, we're going to talk about cancel culture. If you don't know what that is, then oh, God, you so deserve to get canceled. Show your support by following us on Instagram at WeSmokePod and thanks for listening.